Hello, everybody. This is Alex Barthet with the LeanZone.com podcast. Today, we're going to talk to Ariella, the owner of Sunray Construction Solutions, and we're going to talk about the three notice to owner exceptions you probably didn't even know existed. How are you doing, Ariella? I'm great, Alex. How are you this morning? Good, good. So before we get going, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, Ariella, and your business? Absolutely. So my name is Ariella Wagner. I am the founder of Sunray Construction Solutions, which is a national online construction document service. We help thousands of general contractors, subcontractors, and suppliers secure their lien and bond claim rights through the use of a really simple online software. So you send a lot of notice to owners, I guess. Yes, we do. So why don't we get right into it and we can talk about, you can tell us about the three notice to owner exceptions that most people don't even know exist. Absolutely. Let's start off with a little bit of a background before we get into the exceptions. First and foremost, a lot of people know the word notice to owner. So what exactly is a notice to owner? That's the first question we need to answer. A notice to owner is actually called a notice to owner, notice to contractor. And it's almost like a misnomer, really should have been called a preliminary notice. And a notice to owner, notice to contractor, must be received 45 days from first furnishing labor or material. Now, Sunray has a mailroom manager, and we go to the mail uh, every single day. And if a notice to owner is sent by the 40th day and the manifest, USPS manifest, is stamped by the post office, then that 45th day would not say is irrelevant. But once it's stamped by the United States Postal Service at the 40th day, it is at that point considered served. So I think that's number one. Um, What is a notice to owner? It secures your lien and your bond claim rights. Well, it sounds like, Ariella, that that your this 40 day uh, exception is is important because then that means that people should be doing their notice to owners very early, correct? If they need one at all. Absolutely, Alex. For those that are not um, what we're going to discuss, the three exceptions, for those who do not have a direct contract with the owner of the property, should absolutely be sending these notices out as soon as they have a contract signed or if there is a contract, which is basically offer acceptance and consideration. So you don't have to have a contract signed in order to send a notice to owner. Um, But yes, these notices should be sent immediately. In fact, there were two particular situations last year alone where a poor subcontractor noticed the property, was not aware that the general contractor gave a sworn statement of account to the owner. So the owner thought that everything was paid in full. Fast forward 35 days, the subcontractor thought that they had lien rights because they, of course, sent their notice. But unfortunately, they did not because the owner was going off of a fraudulent sworn statement of account. And therefore, the subcontractor who thought that they had all the time in the world to send off their notice to owners Part of me, notices to owners did not have that time. So it's very important. That's a good lesson. Part, yes, it's very important to get those notices out as soon as 
you sign your contracts. So now that we know what a notice to owner is and why it's important, why don't you give us quickly the three primary exceptions to even needing a notice to owner, and then we can go to each one, one by one. Absolutely. So the first one is working directly for the owner of the property. Although again, it's called a notice to owner, you might be the general contractor on the property and go, oh, well, I need to send a notice to owner. For general contractors, the prime contractors, you're generally actually going to use a different document called a notice of commencement. So the second one is working as a subcontractor to a bonded prime contractor. So think of it as you're almost, again, working directly for the owner of the property because if the prime contractor holds the bond, you're going after the bond, not the property. And the third exception is working for a contractor, otherwise known as general contractor, prime contractor, where there is a relationship that exists between the owner and the general contractor. So those are your three exceptions. So let's break them down one by one. I guess the first one is probably the easiest and makes the most sense, right? So if you if you have a contract with the owner, therefore you don't need to serve the owner with a notice to owner. Yes, right? a- absolutely. One of the one of the things that everyone needs to be very careful with, and here is another situation which um, probably belongs in the news. You may think you are working for the owner, but you are actually working for the tenant. So you have to be very careful. Um, Those are situations where you're doing tenant build-outs and shopping plazas. But the one particular situation of 2019 was a gentleman who was living in an exquisite condo and had over $150,000 worth of work done. The contractor thought he was working directly for the owner of the property. Little did he know he was actually working for the tenant of the property. So making sure you dot your I's and cross your T's. This is a very simple, um, all you have to do is look at identity. Uh, Someone's license, um, compare it to who owns the property in the property assessor's office. So you want to be careful when you're, you're saying, oh, I'm working directly for the owner. Are you actually working for the owner or are you working for the tenant? One of the things we recommend to our clients, I'm sure you do to yours as well, Ariella, is that you know the notice is, is a, a relatively simple and inexpensive tool that, in our opinion, significantly increases the likelihood of getting paid. So even if you think, well, I'm working for the owner, I don't need to send a notice to owner, we recommend that clients... Um, routinely send notice to owners, even when they have a contract with the owner, because of two things. One, the example you gave, maybe you think it's the owner and it's not. And the other is that when someone gets that notice, you know, with the warnings on it and the small print and all of those issues, they think, oh my gosh, you know, I can't imagine that I'm going to mess with this person because they've sent me this notice. So just receiving the notice alone causes people to take you more seriously in the payment process. Do you see the same thing? I not only see the same thing, I completely agree with your statement that you should be sending a notice to owner if you're not certain. The situation for this uh, gentleman would never have occurred 
had he send a notice to owner. So let's talk about the second exception, which is when you're doing work as a subcontractor and your contract is with the prime contractor who has a payment bond. So that could be private work that's bonded or public work that's bonded. In that case, you don't need to send a notice to owner, right? You're correct that you do not need to send a notice to owner if you're specifically going after the bond. Now, mainly the reason why people have a bond is so that it attaches to the bond, it being the uh, the lack of the payment attaches to the bond versus the actual property. So if you do have a direct contract with the general contractor, the prime contractor, you are not required to send a notice to owner because as I mentioned before, that you're going almost after, think of it as the owner's property. It's the general contractor's bond. Now, that being said, there were two specific words that were used. A private project, now that would be an ownership of um, a John Smith or an LLC or incorporated of a, of a property um, versus a bonded project that's public, where you cannot lean the public projects because the government has sovereign immunity. So those projects, again, you are not required if you have a direct contract with the prime contractor to send a notice to owner. But best business practices, once again, are to send it just to be on the safe side. And again, if you are working specifically on a private project, you may not only have bond claim rights, you may also have lien rights. It depends. So it's very right. and, important. And actually, and let me interject, Ariella. It, it, you, know, you bring up an interesting point. You may think the project is bonded and learn that it's not. And if you didn't send that notice to owner, um, you would not have lien rights. So this goes back to the idea that even if you don't need to, um, it's still highly, highly recommended that you serve this notice so that you can protect whatever rights that, that you may have. Absolutely. So let's talk about the third exception to the lien law, uh, lien law's requirement to send a notice to owner, which is if the owner of the property and the contractor are significantly affiliated, not just owner contractor, but have the same or similar officers and directors, um, share an office. Um, tell us about that exception. So again, to all the listeners of the podcast, it's very logical. The purpose of the notice to owner is to what? It's to give the owner uh, of the property notice that you're on the project. But it's also the chain of command. And we're speaking of if the general contractor is closely related to the owner of the property, then it's essentially one in the same. Now, one of the things that I think is extremely important is, yes, there could be, without using um, legal names, um, it's very important that if there are any doubts where you see a general contractor's name, and although there might be major similarities with exactly what he was ex describing, the divisions of corporation, they're at the same office, um, you still want to be hyper-cautious 
Um, instead of saying, oh, well, I don't need to send this. I'm going to save myself $45. And then you lose your lien rights because you didn't send the notice to owner. You, you want to be are always on the uh, error on the, on the uh, caution. Safe, so, yes, you want to err on the, on the safe side of caution and send that notice to owner. But there is the exception if they are closely related, if they're in the same office, uh, very similar names, and even if they're not similar names. If the owner and general contractor are related, one of the things that so I I agree you should send the notice no matter what you know our general advice and it sounds like that's your advice too and it, it seems to be a consistent theme in this podcast which is even if the exception exists you should have a practice in your office that any job over a certain amount of money gets noticed whether the notice is required or not required. Sending the notice ensures that you are doing everything you can to uh, get your lien rights secured. And what we find is that by that these exceptions are important when something slips through the cracks. So, for example, you know the person that normally sends submits the notices um, to get processed was out sick. Someone forgot to step in their place. And therefore, this job, by accident, the notice was missed. Is there some exception that gives us rights because we didn't um, do what we needed to do? That's when we find these exceptions are most helpful versus trying to game the system and, and save $30, 40 $50 here and there because you say, well, I don't need a notice here and I don't need a notice there. Um, I say notice them all uh, so that you can sleep well at night. What do, what do you think, Erlot? I think that if your project is over a certain dollar value, it might be a better business practice to come up with very specific criteria. So for example, if you know a project is going to be over $2,500, if you're willing to lose your lien and or bond claim rights for $2,500 to save $45, that's a business decision to make. But absolutely... Um, we, we clearly define the, the three exceptions, um, but we certainly don't want our customers or uh, potential subcontractors and suppliers out there to lose their lien and bond claim rights because they thought that they could save themselves some money. Yeah, we uh, going back to the threshold, uh, we see different clients use different numbers. We have some clients that notice every job no matter what. They say, even if it's a $300 job, we're going to notice it. Um, and we have other clients on the other extreme that make a decision that any job over 10000 is what they're going to notice. But I agree with you. That's an individual business decision that you make. If I had to guess, if I had to say what I would, what I see as the most common number, I would tend to agree with your number, Ariella. About $2,500 seems to be the, the going number that usually is the tipping point for most people. And the other part of, of your business, and when you're thinking about the credit, the line of credit, as well as um, what you should be noticing, we never know, not never, forgive me, that's not a correct statement. There could be a situation where you're on a project and there are change orders. So going back to the customers that are doing roll-offs, for example, or a supply house or a specialty con uh, subcontractor, you may have change orders. So your contract may start off at 
2000 or even $1,000. And before you know it, it's a $8,000 project. So you want to be very mindful of, of those projects as well. All great information, Ariella. If people have more questions or want to get a hold of you, what's the best way to do that? If anyone has any questions, I can always be reached on my email address, which is ariella at sunraynotice.com. And that's A-R-I-E-L-A at sunraynotice.com. S-U-N as in Nancy, R-A-Y and O-T-I-C-E. And you can always find me on LinkedIn. Ariella Wagner is my name. And I'm happy to answer any questions that anyone might have. Great. Thank you very much, Ariella, for taking the time. Um, And if you're using any other notice service, you should reconsider that decision and reach out to Ariella and see how her uh, team of bright and Chipper people. Every time I have to call uh, for a client over to your office, everyone's always so happy. So, uh, you know, that definitely rubs off in the service that you give. Um, Thank so you so I, much, Alex. It's really kind. I, I feel very blessed to have an extraordinary team of researchers and extraordinary customer service department. So thank you so much. Alex, to the opportunity. No and I, I hope everyone has a wonderful day. And uh, until next time, uh, we'll see you soon.